peoples of the worldwide federated internet, what's good? Two weeks feels like eternity in between podcasts, but I think this works out for me because I have so many things going on that trying to do too many podcasts at the same time is just a, a lot piled on my plate. I'm going through a lot of books, doing a lot of studying, doing a lot of other things, running other podcasts. You've heard all that. Anyway, we'll be returning to the book of Acts. We're coming up on the new year. It's hard to believe that 2023 is coming to a close. Now, if God allows me to usher in 2024, and the reason I say that, I'm not just being cliche. I never assume, no, no matter how close I am to a day or to the next year, that I will be allowed to make it to that next year. Anything could happen in between here and now, and I'm thankful to God for everything he's done for me, for every way in which he has worked in my life, the things he's allowed me to do, the things he's allowed me to see, and the mercy that he has had on me. I'm very thankful to God for all of those things. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever God has in store, so we will be returning to the book of Acts. And I have to apologize for some reason. Last time when I did the title to my video, I put Acts 15. Now I'm actually in Acts chapter uh, five, but I'm pretty sure you already caught that. Without further ado, let's get into this. So if you remember from last time we were reading, uh, Peter and John were brought before the council. They wanted them to pretty much stop preaching Jesus. They're like, yo, we don't want you speaking about this. We don't want this to spread. And their uh, approached, I believe, yeah, it was uh, in, uh, let's see, I think it was Gamaliel, which was talking at this, at this point. Yes, it was Gamaliel talking. So in verse 38, he says, and now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But then he says, but if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it. Lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. This gives me the impression, and I might have said this last time as well, I believe I did, that he wasn't necessarily 100% sure in his mind that he was correct in rejecting this good news, which look, who knows what happened to Gamaliel before uh, he died. Maybe he actually believed the gospel. Who knows? Uh, a lot of these people during this time, like leaders of the time may have actually believed the gospel. Uh, not, not, there's no way for, for me to know that right now, but 
it seems like he's not 100% sure that they're wrong, so he's erring on the side of caution. Now, this leads me to believe that there's some part of him, clearly this is a man who has read the scripture, familiar with the scripture, and it's resonating with him. They have said things that now he's probably listening and reasoning in his mind and probably thinking to himself, hmm, this might actually be correct. Because if you're if if I'm Gamaliel and I'm that familiar with the Old Testament, I'm not a slouch. He's not the average person. He spends a lot of time in the scripture looking over these scrolls, teaching out of these scrolls. So the things that he would hear from uh, Peter and the rest of the apostles pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ using the Old Testament, if he's that familiar with these verses, which I believe he was, then he would have to reconcile some of these things like, huh, hmm, this makes sense. And I always go back to something that Nicodemus said. There was there was uh, uh, some I don't want to say fighting contention amongst the ranks with the Pharisees because and we know that because of what Nicodemus said. He said, we know that thou art a teacher come from God because he said no man can do these miracles unless God be with him. So they knew there's only one way. He's actually doing all of these things. So that leads me to believe that a lot of these men were actually probably having second thoughts. Some of them probably probably heard uh, the biblical reasoning from the disciples, from the apostles and reason within themselves that mm, they might be correct. Verse 40. And to him, they agreed. He's the man. He's, he's the boss. So what he says goes. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Now, before I even move on to the next verse, let's think about this. They beat these dudes. They beat these dudes because they preached Christ. Now, what happens next gives a, a very strong indication of what mattered most in their lives. What, what was the thing that they sought to accomplish more than anything else? It says, and they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They thought they, they were so excited that they were suffering for the cause of Christ and I could imagine how for Peter, especially, this was such a big deal, seeing as how he denied the Lord Jesus Christ during his trial. If you remember, he denied him three times. I'm, I'm sure for him, this is uh, sort of like a redeeming moment, like he is serving Christ, understanding that there is nothing more important than this. And they're rejoicing in this suffering, which again, that's that that's not something like if, if this was this day and age with with the modern era of there, there's a there's a belief system. I was trying to figure out how to say this. There's a belief system that if you're saved, everything will go right. Everything will go your way. 
everything will fall out exactly as you want it to fall out. And this is actually not biblically true. This doesn't mean you can't have a good life. This doesn't mean good things can't happen. But if you think because you're a believer, that means that, oh, it's going to be all good. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ said the world hated him. And if the world hates him, what, what do you think the world's going to think of you if you're serving him? Verse 42, and daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. They were on fire. They were like, yeah, we, we going hard for this. Chapter six and verse one. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. So now there's some contention and there's look contentions and, and arguments and things like that are not new. If you think what happens in churches now where people disagreeing over, you know, certain things that might seem to be menial things. If you think that's new, it's not new. There's nothing new under the sun. The more I read my Bible and see things like this and then think about some of the stuff that goes on now, I'm like, yeah, there's definitely nothing new under the sun. That's a fact. Verse two, then the 12 called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God to and serve tables. So they're like, yo, we need to be taking care of taking care of business. We're, we're forsaking the necessary things for these things that are like, yeah, like what? Like, so we're going to forsake this to do this. Nah, that's not going to work. Uh, verse three, wherefore brethren, look ye out among you, uh, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy ghost and wisdom whom may, uh, whom we may appoint over this business and notice what he wanted. If you're going to serve God, you're going to have to walk uprightly. This is, this should not be a new thing. And that should not be a controversial thing. Now, all of us should walk uprightly, no doubt. But if you want to serve, you definitely need to make that a priority. Verse four, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Um, and the saying pleased the whole multitude and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy ghost and Philip and, uh, procure procurus and Nicanor and Timon and Permanaz and Nicholas a proselyte of Antioch, man, some of these names sometime anyway. So they chose some men for this service to take care of business. And what I, what I notice here, and this is not necessarily a slight on the modern church, because I believe a lot of the same problems the modern church has was, was present back at this time as well. They just nipped it in the bud a little bit quicker than we do now. They saw a problem. The problem was brought up and they were like, yo, okay. Yeah, we need to deal with this. Verse six, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. 
and the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. Now notice that the reason I'm, the reason I'm pointing that out, the great number of priests, I think sometimes we forget when we're reading the Bible, us Gentiles, I'm a Gentile. As far as I know, I have no Hebrew lineage, but, but one thing that we forget is that really the majority of the people, especially during the the early church, these were Hebrew people. So you have priests right here that believed, I believe, I believe that the, the word of God, the message of the gospel spread amongst Hebrews, probably more than we know. And I honestly believe it spread amongst the Roman empire and probably through to some of the Roman elites way more than we know. And I think there's good indication of that through the gospels and through the book of Acts verse eight and Stephen full of faith and power did great wonders and miracles among the people. This was a man that was definitely a, a man after God's own heart. Verse nine. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and Cyrenians and Alexandrians and of them of Cilicia and Asia disputing with Stephen. And of course, these dudes would come up disputing with Stephen because they're probably thinking, what do you know? We are the priests and we are the men of the synagogue. Surely we know the Old Testament more than you. And what's going to happen next? I always say this. I didn't pay attention to this probably after I got saved as much as I do now. Like every time I read this, it, 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 it leaves an even heavier imprint on me. Like Stephen was breaking down Old Testament verses, Old Testament principles to such a huge degree. And I'm going to say this in advance. Um, the Apostle Paul consented to his death. He was stoned after this. Now, what I think happened, this is just purely uh, assumption based on what I see in the Bible. So this is not law. Don't take this as law. I think the Apostle Paul heard Stephen preach. Remember, this is the Apostle Paul. He was very zealous uh, uh, according to the law. He, he definitely knew his Bible. And I would imagine that when Paul heard these things that Stephen was saying, it ticked him off for several reasons. I think Paul was thinking, I've been studying this my entire life and I missed some of this stuff. I really think that's what ticked him off. You remember when, uh, uh, when Paul was on a road and met by the Lord Jesus Christ, he told him it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. I think Paul knew in his heart Yo, how did this little twerp know all of this stuff? I've been reading these books my entire life and I missed all of this. I'm sure Paul had heard about the Lord Jesus Christ. The word had spread and I'm sure he had all the, the prerequisite knowledge to make the connections, but he never did. And I really think that ticked Paul off. You, you'll see uh, whenever we get to it, the apostle Paul 
after he consented to the death of Stephen, it seems like what Stephen preached made him even angrier. Like this dude, what he like, he wanted to go even harder persecuting Christians. And again, I think that's because he heard Stephen preach and he was like, nah, I can't have this, this twerp showing me up, speaking all of these things from the Bible, things that I missed. And look, Stephen was pulling no punches. Homie was going in. If you read what Stephen preached all the way through, considering his audience, yo, it was a, it was a, it was a, a, a freaking fireball coming from that dude. He was going in. He was going crazy. You want to talk about fire and brimstone. That's what Stephen was coming with. He was, he was about that action that day. And one thing I think that further angered uh, the apostle Paul, when Stephen was being stoned right before his death, he pretty much asked, asked God not to lay this to their charge. Yo, I'm sure the people around weren't paying as much attention, I think, as Paul was. I think he was really listening to what what uh, Stephen was saying. I think not only did the message tick him off, that level of kindness and love, he could not reconcile in his head. He could not make this make sense. And it just sent him in a spiral. And you know how the, how the story played out eventually. The apostle Paul got saved. The book of Acts is a magnificent book that when I got saved, I did not understand just how magnificent this book really is. An enjoyable read. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.